right, welcome to another episode of Inside with the Outsiders. A name and I came up with, by the way. I was going to announce our special guest today, but she's interjected. And welcome, Mary Pryor. Hi, thank you. <laughs> and you're welcome on the name. She did She did help us pick out the name. I did. For, well, help us pick out. Tell them the name you were going to go with. Let's see how far we I got. I was going to go with Inside with the Outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> she came up with a name, all right? She, she definitely uh, demands the credits and deserves the credits. Thank so. you. Uh, thank you for that. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so, Mary, I've known you for a very long time, but we of, know of each other for a very long time. Can I tell the people what I originally thought about you? No, you go ahead and tell them. Awesome. We met. How <laughs> when long ago? I, so, so, tell them where we met, or you don't have to. We met. Well, in I met you when you were club man. Explain club man so people know. So everyone, hi. So Jeremy <laughs> used to be a club promoter. A nightlife enthusiast. He's been written about for his time during that season of his life. I knew of Jeremy through that scene, which means I assumed five things off top. One, asshole. <laughs> Two, probably a pimp. Three, probably like shelling drugs to girls to get to come to this table. Five, faceless alcoholic. And I mean, other things like unscrupulous, evil. <laughs> Okay, so um, none of that is true. A, a nightlife, you know, insomniac, but, 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 you know. But what's interesting is you're not the first person to think that, and I understand given the fact that I worked in nightlife because it's ex expected, right? Yes. Very um, unhealthy, very like. Which is literally the opposite of me. But you didn't know that because we didn't know I each other. Didn't we, know we, knew, that. we knew of each other, but it wasn't until the pandemic when we connected. I actually reached out to Mary because. This was when everyone was doing the uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, George Floyd, uh, you know, a lot of social media. Actually, presence. today is today. The taping of the show is the one year anniversary of the fact that he got murdered, um, which is yes. I don't, I'm not really a fan of the fact that we're making martyrs out of people in this way. Um, I think people should be alive more so than dead. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you reached out to me. Mary's a, a, a I'm going to say a big activist. Uh, not, I'm no, not a big activist. I just let people know um, the world's still fucked up and we should be better people. It's mm -hmm. simple sure. stuff. As, as they should know. Um, so it, it was, we saw a lot of social media presence about uh, Black Lives Matter and all these amazing causes that sh should be, you know, we shouldn't be having to do what we're doing. But, but uh, nonetheless... I saw everyone doing posting social media, you know, the black squares, all this stuff, but I didn't see anyone really taking action. I thought to myself, how can I take outsiders and actually really help? And I had the idea of doing a bike ride because that's the only thing that we were kind of able to do socially and safely and uh, hit up a bunch of black owned businesses. And I know based on what I know of Mary, what I see on her social media, uh, you're very active and outspoken uh, for many uh, good causes. And as well. actively always supporting black owned businesses. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I figured there's no one better to reach out to. I've known you for a long time. We've known of each other, like you said, but we didn't get to know each other until then. And, and I didn't even know you were a big cyclist. I was told you I was putting a bike ride together. Like, oh, I ride. I'm like, you ride? Like, but do you really ride? No, she really rides. Like we, were, we rode, we hung out hard last summer. Like almost you thought every I was, day. You thought I was like riding a tricycle. Like, what? What did you think I was doing? I, I had people tell me they ride, and they like, like they fall way behind. And I know I, I, I go a little okay, too fast. Okay, everybody, stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeremy likes to race himself, his other Gemini twin personality, because that's what he is. <laughs> Jeremy likes to race air. Jeremy <laughs> is ultra competitive. Yes, okay? absolutely. So I just want people to understand his idea of a good time is to just be competitive for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. So everybody else is riding their bike like regular <laughs> cycling, enjoying human beings, just trying to breathe in the midst of the pandemic and the trauma associated with group mourning. This guy mm. thinks he's <laughs> fucking Lance Armstrong <laughs> with the dope in his system. And that's the truth. Wow. Drug free, well, though. Drug free. Jeremy is hyper drug free. Yes. Um, but he behaves like Lance Armstrong. And we're just going Boy. to eat some doubles. We're not even trying really to quickly, do it. Really quickly, I kind of want to clear my name from all those five negative things you mentioned at the beginning of this show that we, we got to know each other very well. And I actually had a great time hanging out with you last summer. Jeremy I really is very, very you. selfless and gives a lot and cares about people more so than himself I'm sometimes. I'm not a pimp. He's not a pimp. Thank you. He's no not. An, he does it. He's... He is straight edge, man. <laughs> I will have a beer. You know, he's have straight edge. He will have a beer, such as Fat Tire, a beer yeah. for the people. <laughs> um, and so uh, there's that. Um, no, I feel like I want a beer, but it's too late now. We're doing no, this. No, we grab you a beer. You want a beer? Yeah, sure. What am I going to do? Just keep talking to the um, air? Hold on. I'll be right back and get her a beer. I can tell you more about things about Jeremy. Did you know that Jeremy also... Um, outside of being very competitive about that. Um, he has a lot of useless facts. Um, Jeremy also really loves his mom and his dad. Um, he's also a little picky. I'll say very picky. Um, and again, I told you he's a Gemini, so he's probably halfway devilish. That's just how they are. Oh, thank you so much. I don't know if I want to cheer Because <laughs> it's like backhanded compliments. He's, he's great. But let's criticize him a little more. <laughs> no, Jeremy's actually one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And he's a marketing uh, genius. And I'm glad he's stepping into this. But, yes, yeah, so outsiders, like, I appreciate, it's, I, I appreciate when Jeremy reached out. It was very genuine. Um, I think for me, I spent a lot of time looking at people do this all the wrong way. And I'm very active in saying it's all the wrong way. Um, and, you know, as a melanated person who understands the intersection of business and responsibility, corporate social responsibility is the term we're using now, whatever. Um, and the fact that diversity and equality and inclusion is falsely like actually not yes, really taken. It's more of a it's, PR move It's than a PR else, move more than anything which, else. Which is, don't mean to cut you off, but I've, we've seen this come into fruition since, since last summer. And it's irritated the hell out of me because outsiders from the beginning just like my nightclub promoting days, I've always done very diverse crowds. I will say that Jeremy has always had very diverse crowds at his event. But for me, I, yeah. I grew up in a very mixed neighborhood, a very mixed family. Like, I'm Persian French, but I also have, like, you know, African-American family. I have, I mean, I have all kinds of friends. All kinds of friends. Like, honestly, in the parties I threw, I always loved incorporating different races, uh, gender, um, so, excuse me, sexual orientation uh and for outsiders is the same thing as well as i keep on mentioning this but diversity also includes socioeconomic backgrounds right Financial. yeah so jeremy does outsiders is a very diverse group that is 100 100 true it's not even like me like 
it's just being very honest. Um, and I've made amazing connections with people there. Like we all keep in touch and mm-hmm. we all laugh together. A couple of them are in my joke groups. Um, and I got so removed, didn't I? You got removed because you weren't saying nothing. Yeah, very true. I wasn't active. You were not active. You really? were. St- Hold on. What's the group? What's the it's so like I have a very active joke group that I add different celebrities in there, and people okay. don't know who's who. So if you don't active in the group, we kick you out. Okay. It's just it's, I don't make the rules here, even though it's my group. I do make the rules. But <laughs> um, she chose to kick me out, but it's all good. I wasn't contributing. You weren't contributing. And my my mind was busy. And then we have people that will like take jokes from the group and post it on their page. We'll all be like. Damn, you took my joke and just put it <laughs> no credit, on, no on credit. your IG. You ain't give no. Wow. <laughs> but you'll you never know who's in there. And I have a great mix of friends that are like former athletes, athletes, really well-known TV personalities, really big people that work in music, really big people that are just like average human beings, all different types, all different orientations. I make sure there's no political conversation yes. in the group. Right. Because you shut that down really quick that yeah, one time. Yeah. I shoot it down because Everything is political, whether yep. you want it or not. Yeah. Um, I know that I experienced malaise as a woman, as a black woman. Um, you know, like I, and Jeremy knows this, I'm very, very, I want, I want access to be granted without having to like beg. You know, I think that companies, if they want to be inclusive, just do it, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. If regular everyday people with no big budgets and no money, and no checks can do it. And people that are like, you know, caring about others and just like providing a space for that to be there, that matters. And they're not, there's no budget behind it. So, you know, the intention is important. The intention is kind of the spark for everything at the end of the day. So, you know, I don't want to get all serious or whatever, but if a group isn't inclusive, I don't support, I don't promote it, I don't care, I don't want to connect dots, I don't donate my resources, which I am very aware that I have a vast amount of those. I don't need my time. I don't. You're very outspoken about that as well. Yeah. You're very outspoken about protecting your energy, yourself, and your resources. I mean, I, I think I see maybe twice a week where I see a post of yours that's like, <laughs> like uh, if it's not, if not going to give me a check, I'm not going to help you. You can't get my advice. Now, what is it? Uh, I forgot what you posted like yesterday. <laughs> It was like, uh, sorry, I'm not doing that for free. That was actually yes. from with the honors. The thing about that is that I'm very helpful. Everybody who yeah. knows me for real knows like you can ping me and I'll be like, whatever. But the boundaries that people have just because they have a social media account or a following and my following is not that big. I'm really good at driving conversation. Yes. If I wanted to have my ass and my abs out, I could, I don't want to do that. Like I, I care about like, just being a human being without the expectation of you thinking that I'm going to lie to you about my social media experience. I'm not going to find a car and pose in front of it. I'm not going to do this elaborate photo shoot unless I'm getting paid to do that. Like, I'm just trying to be authentic. If I recommend something, I mean it. I don't want you to pay me to do it. Well, we we see a lot of, we see that your, you know, your social media presence, you're super authentic. You're opinionated in a great way. But uh, let's, let's talk about the stuff that people don't really know. Like, where are you from? So I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, one of the best cities in America. (laughs) We are the Motor City. You wouldn't have R&B really without us because Mm -hmm. of Motown. Uh, You wouldn't have soul music without us, again, because of Motown. Uh, You wouldn't have cars without us. Uh, We're the freaking Detroit makes the world go around. And it's going to come back, too, right? I see a lot of stuff. When you like, say come back, I'd like to let you know we never left. Oh, well, I'm not, that's not, not come, like, I mean, it's, it's on the, I guess it's. 
Well, they're, breathing, every, they're putting new life back into it. At, well, every city is on the comeback after yeah. this pandemic that we've mm-hmm. all endured. You know, I was in New York literally this weekend, and I was driving around, and I've even tried to get lunch and dinner with a mutual friend of ours. She's a really well-known like DJ influencer, and we were downtown in Soho. Like, where are we gonna eat? Cause, wow, right? So, I only bring that up to say yes. Detroit is where I'm from. Yes, there's been a lot of up and ups and downs. Yes, there's always a comeback that's coming back. But like, you know, people, access, opportunities, that's what really matters in every major city right now, especially as we look at the renaissance of what is still being in a pandemic, but not wanting to right. be in a pandemic because we kind of like are mask off, mask off right now. Yeah. Um, team Pfizer in this bitch. Yes, yeah, right, Pfizer. Oh, that's right, you Pfizer? Yeah, Pfizer. Name that's brands like, only. That's, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, Moderna's not really a name brand. I mean, Moderna, I mean like, Moderna, I mean, that's cool. Johnson Johnson's a name brand. But Johnson & Johnson, that, that one shot deal, anyway, we're not here to talk about vaccines. No. We're here to talk about um, inside and outsiders. And what's Detroit. Your, your background, though? My you- background is African and Caribbean. I'm Nigerian and Haitian, which means I grew up with a lot of guilt, um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of things to do to protect myself that are probably not written down. Um, really good access and understanding of food. I'm so sorry I did not follow the rules to your your show, um, but. Yeah, I grew up with my grandmother, who mostly did a lot of work. My mom had, um, like, MS, which if people don't know what that is, it's really aggressive as an autoimmune illness. Yeah, multiple sclerosis. Um, My dad was around, but he worked in the plant and had other things that, you know, men, y'all be doing stuff anyway. So, um, y'all men, y'all be doing stuff. That's that's literally the slogan. Men, y'all be doing stuff. (laughs) I had a I had a uh, I had a physical therapist when I um when I had back surgery like ten years ago. He was this Jewish dude from uh, Staten Island. And one day he looks at me. He goes, "You know, Jeremy, bitches be crazy." I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like this forty-year-old middle-aged Jewish man from Staten Island, and he coming out of left field. Bitches be crazy. I'm like. What'd you just say? <laughs> <laughs> he was he clearly was going through it that day. You know you, you don't know what text message he got. No. And if it was ten years ago, he might have been using an iPhone six. You don't know no. what he, that was like iPhone four years back then. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you I mean his phone was probably blowing up while trying to help you out. You don't know what he's going through. <laughs> Who knows? But he looked at me. But men, that. y'all be doing stuff. So my dad was one of those men. Anyway, but mm. my grandmother like was really big on like being sufficient, cooking to a to a fault, I think to a degree. Well, but I, like I have to say, because I because we were hanging out so much last year and, and we barbecued a bunch of my house with friends. Let's talk about your OCD a little bit. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk a little about that. Okay, I didn't know it was gonna get brought up here, but <laughs> if you're not, okay with talking if, about if, it, if you want to do that, let's talk. Jeremy, everybody <laughs> had limited items to utilize to barbecue properly and he had a propane grill so what this black woman did because we always save the day unfortunately america i upgraded him in one day she did so what else you got to say about that moment how do you well, want to talk about that? like like I, you know i appreciate her as like a house guest because i don't think i'm i know i know i'm not a neat freak but i'm not disgusting either like i, I feel like i'm normal but she'd walk around my place one room from room to room, like clean up as she's walking through the place. Like I'm like, what are you, are you just clean that up? Just 
You just fold that and put it away. I'm like, why is this? You can out? continue doing that. You've been to my mind. apartment. You know, like, I'm I'm just, yeah. you know, like. Although I'm surprised your apartment, I, I, I would assume you'd be more minimalist, but you have a lot of stuff. I have, like, plants and books. I'm just trying to read, man. You yeah. know, I'm just, is that okay? Can I read, brother? Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Absolutely. <laughs> Men be doing, what is it? Men, y'all be doing stuff? <laughs> Men, y'all be doing stuff. But, you know, like, I, cooking is one of my first loves. Um, talking, like, communications. I mean, there's a lot of different things. My first love. Wellness is my first love. Um, caring about, like, fitness is my first love. But, mm -hmm. like, being able to have an outlet to, like, I mean, I don't know if I want to take everybody back to the trauma that is, like, last year. But, like, being able to, like, just ride a bike and have a moment without, mm. yeah. you know, being inside. That's a big deal when you have chosen to be inside due to the being afraid of the air mm -hmm. for a certain amount of months. Yeah, literally, we're you afraid know? to be outside. And, you, yeah. and COVID is scary. You beat COVID, COVID yeah. right? Yeah. COVID. So, you know, like. There's so much in the experience of what I grew up with, which is my grandmother was big on working hard. She was a tourist, so she was a workaholic, which I have definitely yes. um, absorbed so, as a person. Yeah, well, we'll get into that later, but you are one of the busiest people I know. It's like and I'm not really that busy. I'm just like, I'm unlearning this, and I'm glad that I'm developing a relationship with this current man in my life that's okay. shown me this congrats but like you know i was raised as because of my grandmother's struggle and what she dealt with so my grandmother was is very 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 fair um she passed for italian yeah she was um, the one that was doing some amazing things for the fam right yes the, the family, family. <laughs> stop and so um she made a lot of those sacrifices because yeah. she had no choice. My grandmother ran away from best from Alabama at 11, didn't know how to read. Oh, wow. um, ended up, so my grandma was born in 1912, yeah, the Titanic sank, hmm. ran away, went to Harlem. Uh, my grandmother utilized her beauty and the way she needed to as a performer at the time out there moved she, to Michigan. She, she passed for, for white? She passed, she passed she for passed Italian. For, she passed for, mm. I mean, she passed for white. Yeah. Um, and like, also just because she was very fair, she just got a, it's fucked up. She got afforded a lot of opportunities, right? So she used that, ended up working for the Archdiocese of Detroit, um, kind of like as a chef, um, had jobs on the side where she was a maid. Literally, I got my first car for free, my second car for free. I went to private school for free because mm. my grandmother, like, just put in the work and, like, was recognized for doing a lot of things for people within that current makeup of what we're talking about. So and, was, and, and just to make sure people are aware, like, we're talking, like, my grandmother's prime of being a individual where she was within the archdiocese is, like, when, like, you had this weird marriage between the Catholic church and the union folks. Mm. And I'm talking about like the Teamsters, yeah. um, automotive union. Is this, is this the same, around the same time as the DeHoffa stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, you know, my grandmother was very aware of things and was very helpful. And so like, you know, growing up in the nineties and 
benefiting from that. Like I re the one of the most unique memories I have is when my grandmother passed away. Her funeral had a main room and then it was an overflow room and it was everybody was out the door. There were like six white men that went up to her casket. Everybody in the front, all of us, like all the family from like maternal, all of that, were like, who are these white guys kissing on? Mm. And my Aunt Sarah, alive at the time, was sitting there like, yeah, you know, your grandma had admirers. We were like, what? <laughs> you know? So, like, so, so the day she passed? Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, my grandmother was known, so like it was kind of like um, word spread and people wanted to, it, it was a big deal. Mm. Um, but like, you know, like my grandmother made things happen. I discovered when she passed that I never knew. So like, I mean, it's I, kind I of a see, thing. I can see similarities in you. Uh, let's actually talk about what you're making happen. What are you doing right now? Like, I know we went, one of the things. You trying know, to get me um, in jail? No, I, I know you're involved in a legal cannabis farm. I am. I'm involved in a legal. And we, you, took us, you took us there last summer. It was yes. a trip. This was in New York State uh, near Ithaca, right? Y'all, by the way, Jeremy don't smoke. He don't even know what smoking is. He's not. I've never smoked weed in my life. I've never tried a drug in my life. Straight edge man. Um, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so uh, we we went. You took us to the, the farm, and it was the farm. Like, yes, a trip. We're walking through acres of land where it's like weed plants in New York State, and it's legal. Like I'm waiting for like the cartel to come up and we gave insane. we all yeah like i think it was um, a great trip and, and i appreciate that, that yeah was, yeah that trickle a, trickle a farm which is a hemp farm mm -hmm. and hemp is part of like the the family of cannabis plants growth but like um that's uh ceo's britney carbone britney um is from long island italian jewish um long island girl to the fullest um, awesome. Her partner's Shout Eric. To, to partner's Britain. Eric Carbone. Eric, um, Eric is a great guy. Uh, and then we have the family. So like, you know, they literally uprooted their entire lives, moved to. It's forty minutes outside of Ithaca. Yeah. I can't give the exact address because I don't want y'all showing up <laughs> prepared. And that, along with the manufacturing arm of what we have for the extraction part, which is Bartle Labs, where we formulate and create like hemp-related botanicals and CBD-related botanicals You guys essentially for do the whole process. Of bushes. We're, 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 vertical. Full, we're vertical, yeah. yeah. So seed to sale, and we also have tonic. Um, what is your role with them? I'm chief marketing officer. Okay. It's, it's one of my many hats, along with, like, right. co-founder and CEO of Canaclusive and a couple what, of what other things that are coming out. Uh, exactly. I mean, that that has a great online presence. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think you guys are doing, you're doing a great job. Uh, I know you do even do your own graphics, right? Like I am a graphic designer unreluctant, reluctantly. I don't tell people that because I don't want people asking me to do graphic no, design you, work. You do your own, which is amazing. Cause <laughs> I, we, 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 there's a team, there's now 16 of us actually. Okay. Um, and most of that stuff in terms of social is a mix between mostly Cassia Graham, um, who's our director of social and community and myself, but you know, like, yeah, like I'm very fast on the design level. Like I went to Michigan and like, well, I did to, all of our websites for our What actually groups. brought you to New York? I'm backtracking a little bit here. Sorry, but what brought you to New York and when did you come to New York? I got to New York in 2005, um, just to visit 2006. I moved here. I came here because I really wanted to work in the music industry. My first internship was at Caroline Distribution, which if y'all know any of this, um, actually, correction, Caroline was our competitor. 
my was at studio distribution. Caroline was our competitor. Studio had like legendary labels like BBE, which was a really big label out of like uh, Britain. And I was really like into like broken beat, buckbeat, um, hip hop, things of that so nature. What, what, what did you want to do within the music business? I wanted to be an A&R person. Okay. Um, okay. After I, that, I, I worked you're, you're, you're a huge music head. Big and music head. And then after and, that, and I went to Sony. Yeah. You went to, okay, so you, you were working in the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, wh when did you leave? Uh, the when they laid everybody off in 2008, which was my first layoff I ever experienced in my life in my 20s, and I was shook. And so I was like, I'm never going to have one job again. And that's been my problem. Have you worked for yourself? So I know you've had jobs here and there, but you've always had like. I've always had a side well. hustle yeah. since 2000. And what? well, if you count me selling cakes at my church <laughs> and my side hustle hairstyling business in college along with my work study job you could say that i've even when i worked when i worked in high school i had three jobs that's wow Got it from your grandmother it sounds like you just gotta have multiple incomes you know what i'm saying absolutely i'm with you so when <laughs> when you when you left the music industry name a couple of these uh freelance side hustles that you've had oh wow i mean you got um, a bunch i know you have why actually, why do you want to know why are you asking so many questions about me because this is about you we're trying to get to know you we don't want to see the social media mary here we want to see oh mary God, mary wow. prior i should have vetted these questions beforehand so <laughs> i didn't for a reason the meat potatoes of this um let's see i've i've had quite a few man and you can share I, okay, okay, man. I've been a dom. Um, oh wow! I was, yeah, I'm giving. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm giving you some stuff yeah, you go. you so, don't even so know. Guys, uh, in case you're not familiar <laughs> with what a dom is, please explain what a dom is. I didn't like it. I did it three months. I don't like. I don't like hurting men. That's weird. So a dominatrix. No, a a, a domino. I was a Domino's <laughs> pizza delivery girl. I'm I'm explaining to those who may not know what a dom is. Yeah, I worked at Domino's Pizza. Yeah. yeah you were a dominatrix, huh? Mm -hmm. Domino's Pizza. You were hurting men in Domino's Pizza? I was a Domino's player. You're feeding them. I was, pizza? I was a professional <laughs> Domino's player. Okay, other than, um, uh, other than that, but um, any, I've worked any, in like. Do you have any stories from the Dom experience or none that's worth sharing? So I've also worked at <laughs> other music spots. I've done a lot of like, I've done freelance stuff for Red Bull, freelance stuff for um, Music World, which Always is like Beyonce's side? label marketing side, worked in tech, worked on the Samsung building, the one that's 837. Um, the one in Meatpacking, that one? Yeah, I worked, yeah. On the, I worked on the Everett setup for that, yeah. which is like the CMS display. Mm -hmm. I had to teach myself what that was, actually. It was a job that I took because it was like the pay was too good. I had to do it. Um, I've done a lot of like, oh. you pause in a second? No, you're not. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of work where I've, been like an, an additional hand that has like an understanding of the strategy of how like something would work on the continent or the strategy end or the CPG end. I've worked in advertising. I've so worked in tech. How did you how did you move from those spaces into the cannabis space? And um, when, when my I mean my life. Um, my mom, um, MS. She ended up passing away from complications with MS, but sorry. Um, she she was my first death doula client. Um, and during that time, I had a medical situation where cannabis 
provided a lot of benefit based upon the research that I did. Like I read like this book called The Cannabis Health Index and I read about studies coming out of Israel about application for my needs and kind of carried me through. And Good. you know, like there's a lot of misconceptions around cannabis. There's a lot of like, we assume that if you are black or anything like you're just like a stoner like i don't have any of whatever that vibe is that's not me so what are you doing to combat those stereotypes existing i think existing is the biggest thing that you can do to combat that because at this point so it's think, a matter I think of I like think your messaging on can inclusive and on tonic and all that definitely helps combat that definitely you you, you succeed in doing that in my opinion thanks um, jeremy what do you and, and and i guess in your personal life you do that by existing but, yeah, exist. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, how do I say this? Um, I think that what people lose is consistency when it comes to talking about a certain item or thing that they're passionate about. I've always been someone that has been a resource or like a advisor or like a someone that like they can just like be a little honest with and like get vulnerable about the things that people that that they need. Um, and in this life that I'm in now in this season, um, just so many things agree. Like spiritually, like I know that I'm aligned in this path. Um, I meet people that are like you existing and me not fitting into a stereotype that would counteract my ability to exist in this space helps me. Mm -hmm. um, and like, what does Basically that mean? your interactions. And yeah, things. and I think that like we, um, the plant saved my says save my complete like coleys provide a lot of health support for what mm -hmm. I need. Yeah. And on top of like my wellness regimen, I don't like I'm very serious about all those elements. But I think that like, you know, the misconception behind cannabis and use and utility has a long way to go. We got like hundreds of years of propaganda to go against. You know, slavery close to 500 years ago, we still are where the fuck we're at now. So I have no desire to beat the clock on proving to people or you or anyone why you should like mm -hmm. care. But what I hate is when people utilize the ideas of utilizing cannabis when it comes to the end of their life, when it comes to stage three, stage four cancer, when it comes to severe crippling anxiety and there's nothing else that can help. Like there's no reason to view it as like, well, fuck, I'll just try this when you could have been like adding it into your life in a way that's more responsible, whether it's through an inhalable or an ingestible or mm -hmm. something that doesn't make you feel like you need, you don't need to smoke all the time. You don't need to do any of that. Um, but there are ways that we just have to be open to because like all of us have stigmas that ride with us well, as to why what, we've what, been what against your, this plant. Sorry, I don't mean to, no to problem. Chime in, but what are your thoughts on the, the conversation people saying you're self-medicating, not you per se, but those who use are self-medicating uh, you know, like there's a difference between using it recreationally for fun and then using it as a crutch. Well, the thing is this, I think that what's a crutch and here's my thoughts behind this and hear me out. Yeah. You wake up, you're in severe crippling pain because you have endometriosis in order for you to be able to operate through your day. You find cannabis gives you relief so that you're able to get up, take a shower and you might have to microdose throughout the day to be able to do your work. If the only other option is for you to take Percocet, what's mm. the crutch? What, what about, I'm just playing double advocate. What about, um, you're talking about physical ailments. What about mental health issues? Like you said, crippling. Well, I think that 
everyone has put mental health issues into a weird bucket or bag where they have no idea what they're talking about unless they are actually a therapist or psychiatrist or a professional. So what I always say to people who do not fall into any of those realms, um, the understanding of the mind and the understanding of the issues that are bigger than just like psychosomatic work, but like how mental connects to physical does relate in terms of how we talk about the endocannabinoid system. So if I were to talk to you about the fact that one, you have one, he has one, I have one, everything has one, plants have one, and there's an agreement of how receptors in the body responds to trauma, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, and what that does is a delayed response over time, the thing that you need to do is to fill in those gaps. Those gaps, if you're relying on Western medicine to fill that in, unfortunately, we are now way more aware of the faults of Western medicine and how certain things are added into mm -hmm. our yep. systems unregulated and not really taught to us in terms of safe use that creates deeper issues such as the opioid crisis yes which is i would say a far bigger issue than uh right thc like recreational THC right use, you, you know? know but as someone who you know like very much is aware of like my regiment needing to be what it is so that i don't end up like you know in the hospital for, yeah. for a certain amount of time or, you know, things like that. Um, I always tell people, like, we just started talking about mental health, like, what, two years ago? And y'all still, like, make fun of people online, mm -hmm. still, like, or, or bash them bash if people not online. living up to your standards. I so agree. So it looks it, like we got yeah. a lot to go around before <clears throat> yeah. we talk about a crutch. I, I you understand. Know? I appreciate that. That's great insight, and that's very valid. Um, let's talk a little bit more about... Um, what are your goals? I mean, I know you're in the cannabis. Business, what are, my what are goals? your goals and dreams? I mean, beyond just the cannabis industry, beyond work um, in general, in life. Talk, talk to me about your goals. I want to be a mom. I want to retire early. I just want to go have sex on an island with my man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like make a bed and breakfast and invite people to come out. It actually sounds like a great retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you got to figure um, it out. I want to retire early. Where do you want to retire to? Early, like, I want to retire at 40. And how old are you now? I'm close. I, I, I want that for you. Yeah, so yeah. I, I play the lotto. So. If I play the lotto, you don't see me again. <laughs> what, you, uh, where you, do you, you want to retire you. to? See, but <clears throat> I can see people who want to retire early. Because I want to retire early. I do work a lot, too. The people who want to retire early that work a lot, they wind up unretiring and something going right back to work. Because well, you do so much, you do like, wait, what am I doing now? But it's also, I feel like it's part of their personalities. Those who can work enough and hard enough to retire early are ingrained to work hard enough, right? So... So you retire, and then you're like you get fidgety. You're like, I can't just not do nothing, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll 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 take up swimming or something. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're gonna do something. I guess I'm gonna do something. Yeah. But I know for me, like I see, unfortunately, as someone who mm -hmm. relies a lot on listening to what the earth tells me and what spirituality guides me with, I am very aware that we've been taught as a culture to succumb to working ourselves to death, working ourselves to achieve things that are really not going to be achieved through the Agreed. nature of work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we should have utilized that energy to understand that relationship a little bit more last year. But now as I look at people racing to do these things and get back in the office and do this and do that and how they're having a hard time jumping back into those things and a large mass like movement um, you know, I think the relationship between what we actually care about versus what we think we have to do to survive 
needs to be way more discussed and clarified. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I, hey, for me, I'm living it right now. No more nightlife and doing the outside. Yeah, man. Stuff. Like, no, no more me thinking <clears throat> that you are gonna just throw coke <laughs> in my face. <laughs> and because I would never, but you know, I understand this the nightlife stereotype. <laughs> I do. Uh, and, and it's funny because I'm there glad goes I'm not, Jeremy. Cool party. I'm Probably glad I'm not throw. part of life for that because the stereotype. It, that's not me. He didn't even have like gold, a gold chain on, which is a typical Persian club guy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Persian club guy outfit. I have this New York City token. So that's yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. But yeah. I mean, when you get the chop, you're hanging out too, though. You oh, know, I don't it. even have. Well, that was it. You need that. You need to have the child read the gold yeah, chain. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the the used car dealer Persian guy from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big vibes. Uh, from uh-huh. LA. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that stereotype. No problem. Thought that was me. No problem. Uh, are what, we done now? I gotta what, go. Uh, well, we really quick. What what does success mean to you? You can. Uh, I oh, guess what does success mean to me? Yeah. Um, being comfortable. And being able to still be happy. Great answer. Um, a lot of people are comfortable and not happy. What is a dream mm, that you've yet achieved? Yeah. I guess you answered that. Uh, mm-hmm. Retiring early and, mm-hmm. and, and, and having sex with uh, your man on the And beach. babies. Uh, babies, you know, yeah. Uh, that, that, I'm, I'm looking for that Lisa Bonet, um, Jason Momoa type of like freeness. Oof, okay. Mm-hmm. I see your vibe. <laughs> 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 Aiming high. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment? Oh, wow. Um, I fell down two flights of stairs at the state <laughs> two um, at state theater um, with my undercover ID. I was 16, pretending I was 21. And I was dating a Korean security guard there at the same time who didn't know I was 16. Wow, you rolled down two flights of stairs. That's a lot. Um, and I got back up and kept dancing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share with everyone? Uh, um, about I'm proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. That's not about you, though. That's, that's, that's I know, but me. take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, all right. This is our last bit. We do five rapid-fire questions before we end the show. Okay. Um, are you ready? All right. Hip-hop or house? House. Favorite city other than New York? Detroit. Okay. In uh, <laughs> a man, do you prefer a sense of humor or a skilled handyman? Skilled handyman. Okay. Jokes can't pay the bills. That's Ooh. true. Very true. <laughs> Good luck to your man. You better be able to build you something. <laughs> uh, beach vacation or cultural adventure? Beach vacation. Okay. Well, yeah, you kind of said that. And last question, what is your favorite food? Ooh. Um, you know what? It wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be, but now I know the truth. It's a double. A double with tamarind and pepper. Doubles are a typically a Trini item, Trini doubles. You can get the best ones at ANAs in Brooklyn on Fulton Street. Um, it's with a chickpea mixture inside. The dough has a little bit of sweetness to it. It's really, really amazing. And you could add tamarind and hot pepper sauce to it. I like how she's describing it because she's so busy. This part of the show requires our guests to bring their favorite food so we can all try it. And unfortunately, she is so busy. <laughs> she's, she's turning her head she knows she's so busy she's bringing the dish. But we'll have to go get it together, uh, the three of us, sometime. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> yes, but uh, I gave a him a compliment and he backhanded me slap in the face. Everybody. Yeah, I also invited that's us to that go to Persian dinner together. For you. That's, that Gemini, that's, that Gemini, that's that Gemini energy, bro. That's that Gemini energy. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm on the cusp of Gemini cancer. Mm, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> 
Mary, I really appreciate you taking the time Thank out of your busy you. schedule to be here. You were a very entertaining guest. I hope uh, you guys liked getting to know Mary on another it's episode me. of Inside with the Outsiders. Thank you for the name, by the way. You're welcome. And uh, we hope you come back, please. I will come back. Um, right. Just make sure my 10% is in my account for the name. 10% <laughs> is zero is zero. See you guys. <laughs>